Hey there, I'm Joe Struess. And I'm Adam Salarzik. And we are meteorologists at Wayne 15 in Fort Wayne, Indiana. And this is the Pass the Forecast podcast. It's the end of April. Yes, it is. It's the last April podcast. Incredible. We've been going at this for now our 11th week. We celebrated the big one zero double digits. Last week, and I think we've got something planned for today that is going to be a nice way to transition into the, the month of May. Every week we've been saying it, stuff's going on in the world. When we started this podcast, I'm not sure we saw that coming. No, we didn't. We saw opportunities for us to be able to go out and do things outside, enjoy the outdoors, but here we are now, what, that was probably week three that that started, so we've been doing this for almost six, seven weeks of having to uh, come up with some creative content that involves not being out in public. And I got to tip my cap to you because you've come in today with an idea that I think all of our listeners are going to enjoy, one that I am thrilled to put out here, and I think this has the potential to be some of the most creative or some of my favorite content that we've put out yet. It's definitely interesting, and it looks to be fun. It's drawing on something that uh, gave a lot of people joy. Uh, Maybe not a lot of people joy. Uh, Depending on your team, it gave your team and yourself that you root for joy. Uh, The NFL draft was last week. And uh, we're going to be doing a weather phenomenon draft. So we're going to be picking back and forth. We'll do that here in a minute, but let's first talk about the draft. Tracking the topics. So the NFL draft. It's going to lead to something really good for us today. We'll get there. That's that's what we call in television a little bit of a tease. We're really teasing this hard. Just just <laughs> stay patient with us for a couple more minutes. You're you're going to enjoy this, I think. Um, the NFL draft, I did not watch one second of it. You're not a huge NFL fan necessarily. You do root for the Bears. but It's just so hard. I said this on a previous podcast. It's just so hard. The way things were looking two seasons ago and then just to fall back into disgusting. Mediocrity. Below mediocrity. Eh. Garbage. It's not entertaining. It's frustrating. It's infuriating why we can't figure this out. Meanwhile, I'm sitting here as a Pittsburgh Steelers fan. Because you like all the teams that win championships. Moving on. Is that my fault? Moving on. The Bears, (laughs) it's tragedy right now. So I had no interest in that NFL draft. It was interesting because it was a virtual draft, so I was very interested to see how it was going to be done. Uh, My favorite part throughout the three days was Roger Goodell becoming more and more casual as this thing went on first round Thursday night all dressed up all fancy looking good then he transitioned into more of a polo with a pullover look for day two and by the end of day three he was sitting there in a t-shirt lounging on his couch it was well that's kind of great having some fun (laughs) with it right I saw Burrow went number one no surprise there welcome to the AFC North yeah it's interesting for me as a Steelers fan. The AFC North now has three Heisman winning quarterbacks. I saw that picture. And the Steelers that picture. do not. <laughs> Did you but see we that picture? Ben Roethlisberger. Did you see that picture going around? So yes. It's, yeah, that's great. It's got it's got your three quarterbacks all holding the Heisman Trophy, and then it's got Big Ben when he hadn't shaved. You know, having yeah, shaved he has his that face massive with the beard. beard. Yes. I thought that was fantastic. So that's my quarterback. So while I didn't watch a second of the NFL draft, I was in tune to it. I saw the Packers drafted a quarterback. <laughs> that was exciting. That was fascinating. <laughs> um, what else was big? The Bears drafting the tight end out of Notre Dame. That was cool. Steelers drafted a wide receiver out of Notre Dame. Okay, 
Okay. First over, no, their talking. second round picks. So that was their first pick. Go Irish, right? Yes. And then one other thing that stood out to me, my alma mater, Ball State, offensive lineman Danny Pinter was selected by the Indianapolis Colts. So he gets to play or town team. be in, a, in, in the team that's right down the road. Danny Pinter does not know who I am. But you know who he is. I do have an idea <laughs> who he is. I believe I'm thinking of the correct person. Him and the quarterback at the time, my freshman year, sat near me in our freshman level history class. So there's a little connection there, right? Not really. Danny Pinter saw me on the street. He he would have no idea who I am. And the truth is, I probably wouldn't even know who he is. I mean, I point. see you on the street and I don't know who you are. Well, that's just that's what it is. That's how it's the disguise I got lately. Walking through Kroger with sunglasses on and a hat and face mask and a face sometimes. mask now, you know. Yeah. So we're we're deep undercover. Um all right, let's get to it. Any, any other thoughts on the NFL draft? No, let's go to our weather draft. Let's first throw it over to our special guest, Greg Schalp. Welcome to the 2020 Pass the Forecast podcast weather phenomenon draft. The Salarzic supercells are on the clock. All right, so as you heard Greg say, Adam is on the clock. Yes, so a couple Salarzic supercells. A couple of thoughts here before we get into this draft. Adam, like I said, okay, the first pick in the draft, they always they always draw it out. So we got time to talk about this, right? <laughs> so this was your idea you came up yes. with. And the structure of this draft is based on weather phenomena. So various weather types, weather conditions across the across the world. We are going to go back and forth through a five-round draft, pick maybe five favorites, five most interesting. We had a coin toss by Greg prior to this. Now, I'm sure there's not a coin toss at the draft. It's the lottery. Um, there's not even a lottery. There's not even a lottery for the NFL draft, but your finishing record. Right. As opposed to some of the other sports, you have the lottery. But there's no coin toss. There's a coin toss in the Super Bowl. There's a coin toss in football games. So we thought we'd integrate that. That's what I'm trying to get out here. So there's only two of us. We had to figure out who was going to pick first. Who was going to pick first? It was a coin toss. The coin toss resulted in you winning. You won the coin toss, but you deferred. Interesting and bold strategy. That's right. I decided to defer the first pick of the draft to Adam. With the thought, you know what? This is kind of cool. You came up with this idea today. Not sure what we were going to go with the podcast today. Obviously, we started thinking about ideas, and I thought, you know what? Let's give Adam that first-round choice. I think you also wanted it because you wanted to pick last. Partially. Uh, Very interested what your last pick is going to be. I don't have any idea. I've got a list <laughs> here. We've been sitting here this morning. Your uh, list has about 20 different weather phenomena. Mine has seven. So if you pick one of these... I got like two backups. We're going to see where this goes. This could be interesting. The idea is we'll pick something, maybe give a little minute or two just talking about what that phenomenon is. And if it's something we've discussed in the past, we'll move right through. Move through. But as Greg said, Adam, the Solarzic Supercells, is on the clock. With the first pick in the 2020 Past the Forecast podcast weather phenomenon draft, the Solarzic Supercells select Thunder Snow. Ooh. That's a nice reaction right there, huh? Ooh. You did not see that coming. I didn't have that on my draft board. Yeah, thunder snow. I've wow. had thunder snow at the top of my draft board for the ince- uh, where, where this conception of this idea came. I was like, who would I pick first? So tell tell me snow. what is thunder snow. I know what it is, but yes. let's talk about what it is. So thunder snow is possible in our region. It's rare. 
and it's rare in general. You may have heard, you may have even seen the videos on the internet of people losing their mind over thunder snow. And that is whenever you have lots of lift, similar to what you have in a supercell thunderstorm, but it doesn't happen all the time in the winter. We don't have that kind of updraft to get those convective snow squalls, essentially, to move through that have very intense snowfall rates and have so much lift and convection in there that gives them a chance to form thunder and lightning. It's an awesome phenomenon. I've it's on my bucket list. I've experienced it once, but I don't know if I can technically say I have. It was snowing in, in a blizzard back in 2011 in Chicago, big-time blizzard. I think we got like 12, 13 inches outside my house. I heard it outside, and I went, whoa, because we've all seen the video of the Weather Channel's Jim Cantori freaking out about thunder snow. I was excited, but I heard it from my bedroom. I didn't get to hear it outside. So it's kind of one of those things like, did I experience it? Did I not? I know it happened. I heard it, but I was not outside in it. I don't know what your thoughts are on that. but I, I, I'll, I'll allow it. I want to be outside in it to experience it. Wow. Thunder snow. That's a, that's a strong first overall pick, if I do say so myself. The Struce snow squalls are on the clock. Tell you what. Who you got? I don't know. You're on the clock there. Uh, I'm on the clock. Snow I am, squalls. I am, uh, yeah, the snow squalls, right? Well, I'll tell you what. We'll make the second pick easy. My first round pick. With the uh, second pick, the Shrew Snow Squalls select. Lake effect snow straight out of Buffalo, New York. Born and <laughs> raised in Erie, Pennsylvania. I think it's a big pick. I'm a big fan of lake effect snow. I think snow, lake effect snow banding is fantastic. I had to take it. It's it's very cool, not for the people that get stuck underneath one of those bands, how you can get a couple feet of snow and then literally a mile down the road they have nothing. It's amazing. It's it's incredible how that happens. And how you go from zero visibility inside one of these snow bands, but then three blocks away, it's fine. In some instances, it's sunny. It's amazing. So I, I as a fan of winter... And always living on the southwest side of Lake Michigan, it seemed like the bands would set up just east of where I lived. And, in fact, you could see them. There would be days where you would see the banding in Porter County, LaPorte County, southeastern Lake Michigan. You would see that happening off to the east. But I lived just west of it. It would be sunny. But you could see the darkening of the bands. And then we'd get, you know, on the news, you'd hear, man, they got six, seven inches there today in couple hour period it's incredible so i've always been fascinated by lake effect snow i wish we got a little more influence here in fort wayne we're just a little too far away but at times we get a little bit yeah we it's possible it has to be very strong northwest wind sometimes a northeast wind that pulls it off of lake erie but most of the time we see it coming in from the northwest off of lake michigan but that's a solid pick i don't think it has quite the clout of thunder snow but we're playing the long game here yes okay Uh, yeah you're saving that last pick we're, we're, building, we're building an organization here, not just looking for a one-hit wonder. <laughs> All right. Let's move on to my second pick, the third overall pick. I'm going to go Chinook Winds. We do not see Chinook Winds Sleeper. Here. It is out of Montana, also out of the, out of the Dakotas. There are some Chinook Winds there. Uh, Chinook Winds are coming off of mountains. Uh, it, it's warming air rushing down the side of the mountain. And it can warm an area of land in a few hours dramatically, or it could be a little bit longer than that as well, stretching into days. 
this, the largest one that I was able to find was in Loma, Montana. They went from 54 degrees below zero to 49 degrees. I remember hearing about that. We, we had a little class in Epal State that was all about North American geography. And part of it was breaking down the Chinooks. And I believe I've heard stats similar to that throughout my coursework. It is. Can you imagine just sitting there being freezing cold at 54 below? You're not even outside. And then all of a sudden, this warm air mass rushes down the mountains, and you're sitting at 50 degrees. I think that's uh, the recipe for a little bit of pneumonia. <laughs> Probably. A little illness. <laughs> at least a headache. Maybe one day we'll do a whole podcast related to Chinook winds. It'd be interesting. A lot of research <laughs> would have to be done there. All right. Time for my pick. The Struce Snow Squalls are on the clock. You got a list there. You didn't come into this with a plan? What are you, the Bengals? <laughs> That's right. I got a lot of... <laughs> you had your first pick planned out, and then you're just... I got a lot done. of stuff written down here. I'm on the clock. Just relax. Yeah, the clock is only like 30 seconds long. All right, I'll tell you what. I'm going to turn things around here. Um, so you weren't happy with your first round pick? No. I mean, it's fine. It was fine. Uh, let's go. Let's go a little different route here. With my second pick, fourth overall, I'm going with lenticular clouds. Oh, ho, ho, ho. You snuck that out from underneath me. Lenticular clouds Those are, my are favorite clouds. absolutely fascinating. They are phenomenal. They were literally next on my board. Ooh, that's a good pick, Ted. That's a good pick. So lenticular clouds, to give you a, a description through the airwaves here, a lenticular cloud, imagine a stack of pancakes on a plate. Now I'm hungry. Do you um, have maple syrup on there or no? Uh, well, <laughs> depends on the day. A stack of pancakes stretched out a bit in the sky, but not always anything else around it. You could just get this formation of like three flat clouds stacked on top of each other. Those are called lenticular clouds. They can look like contact lenses too. That's a good way to put it too. A little I, bit of a dip in them. Yeah, they can be concave. That's the word. And it's usually over top of where I usually see the fantastic phenomenal photos are on mountain ranges over top of yep. mountains. Yep, that's what I've but heard I too. I have seen them all the way at the top of thunderstorms out in the distance. I've heard lenticular clouds described before by some people who didn't realize as UFOs. They do look like UFOs. Because there's just this structure of like stacked disks in the sky. They're fascinating. I think lenticular clouds, that's L-E-N-T-I-C-U-L-A-R. Sounds right. Lenticular. Down. If you're interested, look them up on Google. They're awesome. They're awesome. Lenticular clouds are cool. That has to be... That's a strong pick. That's a strong pick. I'm surprised that wasn't your number one. You went lake effect snow. That's because you knew I'm you could biased. get good value there at lake or at lenticular too. Right, right. I mean, it's. I knew you weren't going there number one. You didn't know where I was going number one. You were shocked with thunder snow. I thought you'd go with something pretty, pretty big number one. I thought we. Would, I thought as the time went on, we'd get some, not as well known picks, and that. I thought, number one, you might have taken, like, a tornado or something like that. But as I'm learning right now, we're going a lot deeper than just a tornado or hurricane or rain. The Salarzic supercells are on the clock. With my third overall pick, I select, or not overall, my third round pick. Fifth overall. Fifth overall. Let's go derecho. 
Ooh. Derecho. That was on my short list. I know here. it was. Uh, Derecho, we've had them here. Uh, they happen occasionally. I would say on the scale in our area, you usually get about, we, don't, we might not feel the effects once a year every time, but in the Midwest, there's usually one to two derechos, I would say on average, that it's a long-spanning wind event, usually a bowing line of thunderstorms, chance for a few tornadoes to form in that bowing line, but mostly straight-line winds is the main concern, and these can span around 250 miles at times. Uh, I think that's the criteria, is at least 250 miles. They can go even further than that. And we've seen those here. Uh, we've had a few slide through in the last several years. So I'm going to go Derecho, number De- five overall. Derecho, some of, the, some of the most historic damaging wind events in the severe thunderstorm archive would be Derechos. And a common misconception with Derechos is we get this question sometimes, We'll show on our future cast or even our current radar a big Boeing squall line of thunderstorms. Very, very rarely a derecho happens because of the such strict parameters. So people say, oh, that Boeing line, you're going to have a derecho coming through. Well, wait a minute. No. No. That You have to meet the criteria. And they the criteria is so high because what you need to have them is such a dramatic event that would occur from it. So derecho is a good pick. That's That was on my list as well. The Struce snow squalls are on the clock. I'm sitting here looking at, all right, I got three picks left. You know, I got to I gotta pick some good, some good phenomenon here. So with the sixth pick in the 2020 weather phenomenon draft, I'm taking gravity waves. Ooh. Gravity waves. That's a good one. You don't see them... Obviously. Uh, go ahead and explain a little bit more. So gravity waves your pick. are a phenomenon that occur when you have a big-time change in atmospheric pressure and density. There's lots of they, studies being done on these. They are The best way to put it is they are a signal for us of the air becoming more stable. So gravity waves can happen when you have a low-pressure system that moves through, maybe a cold front or something like that. The system's departing, perhaps, to the northeast. Down in the southwestern quadrant, you can get these clouds that appear to be all in a line, and as time moves, they might fluctuate a little bit, but they kind of stand there. It's just these constant waves that are made from the atmosphere stabilizing. I'm I'm trying to keep this as podcast friendly as I can. Mm -hmm. Um, One place we see them a lot is in the mid-Atlantic region where you have some mountains there with the Appalachians and you get this change of air in these areas and you get these gravity waves to set up. A lot of times if we see them, you or I or whoever will share them uh, from a satellite because it's fantastic to look at. Yeah, we'll see them on satellite. We can even see signals of them sometimes on radar. If there's still particulates out there, we can still pick them up. And those are very cool to see as they move over top of the radar as well. They literally just look like waves. Right. Uh, moving either, you can see them via clouds or you can see them via radar signals because you the only way you have signs that they are there is by seeing one of those two things. The Solarzic supercells are on the clock. Gravity waves, excellent choice. Excellent choice. 
I'm going to go similar with my next pick. I'm going similar, kind of, to Gravity Waves. Kelvin Hemholtz. Ooh. Oh, those are, those are, I forgot about, forgot about those clouds. You were ragging on me because I had a list. Those are awesome. And I was going through, so I made sure I didn't miss any. I thought about it, and then I was looking through this list online of all the different phenomenon, and it just, a bunch of other things jumped out, and that one just went to the back of my mind. So this comes as a result, they look like waves in the sky. You, we were talking about gravity waves. These ones look like literal cresting waves. So you'll have a flat part of the cloud on the bottom, and then on the top is the uh, is the what we call shear. There's a difference in in speed of winds between the bottom level of this cloud and the top level, and it starts to curl the cloud over the top. And it is some of the most beautiful clouds you'll ever see. I really like that pick. I that's, that was that's I've got a lot of garbage on this list and. <laughs> That's that I can't believe it. That's a really good pick. Cuz I was sitting here thinking about some of the other clouds that I have written down. Um I think I think those are the best. Those are probably better than lenticular clouds. Uh lenticular still I I had lenticular over top of uh over Ke- uh, Kelvin Hemholtz. With the eighth pick overall, Struce's snow squalls is selecting mesoscale convective systems. There. MCSs, much more common than a lot of things we've named so far. But I'm going to go with MCSs, mesoscale convective systems. So a mesoscale convective system is a complex. It's a complex of rain and a lot of times strong thunderstorms on the southern periphery of it. The way an MCS or a mesoscale convective system sets up a lot of the time here in our region is in the summer months. We'll get a dome of warm air to set up over the Midwest. Well, on the edge of that dome of warm air is where you get oftentimes the jet to set up, and that's where your storm systems will fly through. So on the northern side, you don't have as much instability, thus the showers are more just rain showers. On the southern side, the storms on the southern side of this complex are able to tap into the extreme energy that's there, from the the dome and the MCS, which can start to get some Boeing feature to it, which could eventually become more of a squall line. They ride the ridge, as they say. They ride the outside of the ridge. And it just so happens that here in northern Indiana and at our latitude, when we get into the summer months, a lot of times these are the systems that bring us our storms. Not always the biggest severe weather threat associated with the standard MCS, but you can get a lot of these systems to form. And what happens is you'll have an MCS that will run throughout the overnight hours, maybe through Illinois and into Indiana, and then it'll fizzle out. The energy's gone, but the MCV, the mesoscale convective vortice, the center of that MCS holds. And then additional storms will form along that the next day. And it just keeps following all the way down to the south and east. Keeps regenerating. Regenerating, exactly. It's very interesting. Uh, It's something that happens on the storm scale level rather than in the big synoptic picture. When we say synoptic, we're talking about maybe the country as a whole, how weather systems move through. This happens on more of a Midwest or even Indiana, Illinois, you know, more regional level. It's something that challenges us as forecasters. 
And it's something that we really have to pay attention to because our models aren't always the best in handling MCSs and how they'll develop and how long they'll maintain. Last year, we had an MCS that started up in Wisconsin and it hauled all the way down to Indianapolis. Not one weather model had that featured. No, it did not. So there you go. MCSs. Very good choice. Very good choice. Storm clusters. I hope I, hope I explained that well enough. The Solarsic supercells are on the clock. I am going to go ahead and jump right on to my last pick. Rounding out the Solarzic Supercells with the ninth overall pick, the fifth selection for me, Hurricanes. Hurricanes. Just going generic with Hurricanes because I think it is phenomenal and amazing that a low-pressure system that forms off of the coast of Africa is able to haul all the way across the Atlantic sustain and potentially make landfall on on our coast i think that is amazing how a storm system can last that long it can last over a week in some cases it's amazing to me and the force that comes with them is crazy i hope to never have to experience their horrible tragedies whenever they do happen uh, and have massive impacts along the coast. But I think that is a massive force of nature that is on its own, aside from all the devastation it causes, amazing on how it develops and, and progresses. I like it. I like it a lot. I've had the same thoughts you have. I remember a couple of years ago watching Hurricane Florence, just the sheer size of this thing out in the Atlantic, seeing it from satellite was just incredible. And then you knew that was coming in towards the East Coast, and watching it just dump buckets of rain on some of the coastal cities there was, it's just incredible to me. And I think hurricanes, while they aren't a daily occurrence, certainly for us, they do steal the spotlight for us as meteorologists when they're happening because, I mean, we just scrolled through Twitter and, and the real hurricane guys are sharing all sorts of good stuff and tidbits and the science that's there. The processes, the thermodynamic processes that are keeping a hurricane going, I mean, it's amazing. It's amazing. So tropical cyclones, very, very fascinating. I like that pick a lot. The Struce snow squalls are on the clock. But I'm going to take one that has been all too familiar for some lately across the country. I'm going to go with the debris cloud. Last pick in the draft, debris cloud. And you're talking... Obviously, tornado-related. Yes. Uh, you're a fan of the correlation coefficient signature? Right. I think that is awesome that we're able to, when these storms are causing damage on the scale that they are sometimes, we're able to see that on radar and get our, conf- our confirmation that way. It has been incredible in the last couple rounds of severe weather that we've seen across the nation, mainly in the south that we've been able to detect something other than raindrops. Again, that's when Adam said correlation coefficient. It's a tool that shows us when something other than raindrops is detected on radar. We have seen something other than raindrops lofted 30,000 feet in the air with some of these powerful tornadoes that have been moving through. To be able to see that on radar is wild, scary, scary, Whoa, that was weird. (laughs) Yeah, that was weird. Frightening, disturbing, and humbling. Yes. Because Mother Nature's power is incredible. 
And it's also interesting that we have the technology to be able to do that, to be able to see, okay, we don't know for sure if a tornado is on the ground here, maybe we haven't gotten a confirmed report, but we can see there's something other than rain 30,000 feet in the air. Everything else is lining up with a little notch there at the, the area of the mesocyclone. It looks like there's probably something other than rain there that would be debris. It's just, it's humbling to see that on radar. It's, it makes your stomach drop every time. And with that, we conclude the 2020 Past the Forecast podcast weather phenomenon draft. The Solarzic Supercells drafted Thunder Snow, Chinook Winds, Derechos, Kelvin Helmholtz Clouds, and Hurricanes. Struce Snow Squall's squad involves lake effect snow, lenticular clouds, gravity waves, what was your, I forget what your fourth one. MCSs. MCSs. MCSs was your fourth one, and debris cloud. There's a lot of things I have on my draft board that didn't come up. We'll save those. Maybe we'll do another one someday. Maybe. Maybe. What we want you to do now is we're going to put a poll on Facebook, and it'll be on the Wayne 15 Facebook page. Yep. We want you to vote on which squad you think is better. Come on. Lake Effect Snow? That should be the sell- selling point already. Thunder Snow easily beats that. It'll be interesting to see what people think because we're going to lose people. People won't know what the Chinook winds are. People won't know what lenticular clouds are. I think I got a pretty good squad with uh, the hurricanes, hurricanes at the bottom and uh, the hurricanes Thunder Snow at the top. And the Thunder Snow are going to help you, and Derecho is going to help you too. I think some of mine might be a little more out there. Which is perfectly fine. But uh, not out there, just not. Maybe I went one pick too far. Maybe MCS should have been something else, but eh. I'm not doubting it. I'm we'll not doubting out. it. I'm ready to take my team to the <laughs> to the championship, right? What the hell? What the hell is up with the heat? Not here. We are not seeing heat here. We've actually been below average for much, much of this month. But Las Vegas and out towards the west are seeing 100-degree temperatures. There is a massive heat wave out there, and... I found this stat interesting regardless of the fact that they're seeing a heat wave out there in the uh, at the end of April. They uh, Las Vegas has never hit 100 degrees before May 1st. That's incredible to me. I- I'm surprised that that's never happened before May 1st. Uh, that's phenomenal that at least that's the period of record. I think it's phenomenal that it hasn't happened. And that would be from the start of the year? Yeah. That I'm surprised. Surprising in the result of the heat wave out west is that there's a giant trough that's brought us our rainy weather recently and also will be bringing us some cooler temperatures for the end of this week. But the good news is is that that ridge is going to slide off towards the east and by the weekend we'll be pushing up near 70 degrees. That's right. So it's going to take some time. We're not going to get that hot. <laughs> but we will we will have some warmer temperatures on the way. If you want to see the hundreds, go to Vegas, I guess. I don't know. Maybe not the time to do that. But Yeah, there's nothing really to do there right now. Soon enough, soon enough. I have, I have faith, Adam. I, have, I, I, I believe that this is going to pass. Oh, it will. And we're going to get through this thing, and it's, it's going to be all right. It's yes, all right. it will. Let's focus on the rain that I just mentioned as well. That's a focus of our hits and misses. Hits and misses. So a pretty good hit for us Saturday and Sunday. We've had rain in the forecast for this week all the way going back to Greg and Nicholas's forecast from last week. We've told you for a while there's going to be rain on Wednesday of this week. That's hell. Uh, yeah, that's that's rain that we've seen for a while, and we're seeing it right now, literally falling on our roof. 
on our heads. Continuing to see it, and we're going to see that another chance as we head into the overnight as the system exits our area that has been forecasted for quite a while. Pretty happy with that. No complaints there. We also had shown Wednesday, today, as the higher pop, the higher probability of precipitation, signifying that there was going to be rain chances this week, but that today was going to be the highest chance, and that has played out. So pretty happy with that. We did have a a notable miss on Sunday. Sunday's high temperatures reached the mid-60s. Yeah, the uh, the clouds moved out of here much faster than we thought they were going to. We thought they were going to hold until about maybe 2, 3 o'clock. They were out of here in the early afternoon. We had tons of sunshine. You boosted my 58 on Saturday night up to 60 uh, Sunday morning, and we got up into the mid-60s. One of those misses that not too many people, I think, are going to be upset at us about. So I'll take that. No, no one's no one's knocking us on that one, but I was surprised. I had told you the day before that it was it was a very gusty day on Sunday, but it was it was winds out of the north. That was the challenge: is how much of an influence were northerly winds, which are typically cooler, bringing in cooler air, going to have? Right, and they didn't have as much of an impact on the temperatures, but they had a large impact on bringing in drier air. I mean, if you watch the satellite loop, all the clouds that were over us just fizzled Oof. out. They were just gone. gone, and they were showing dew points up in Michigan that were, like, in the teens. So much drier air being brought in by those northerly winds that worked to warm us up, that worked to clear us out to then have the sun warm us up, and it wasn't a bad Sunday overall. So a miss, but one of those misses that we talk about that I don't think anybody's going to be too angry about that we missed the high by 5 degrees that day. I'll be okay with that. I mean, I'm not happy about missing it by that much because I missed it by 7 degrees. Right. But... I'll take it because I understand why it happened. That's why we look back. We see why things happened. We also take a look to the future in this week's Pass the Forecast Inbox. It's the Pass the Forecast Inbox. This week's question comes from Beth. We had a frost advisory a little bit ago over the weekend. Yep. She was not happy. She wanted to know, is it ever going to warm up? My response to that is similar to our viewer question last week. You know, this is the month of April still, and... Those ups and downs still are felt with the temperatures, but it will warm up. The good news is in the coming, what, next 10 days, our average high gets back up near 70 degrees. How about that? So gradually we're getting there, slowly but surely. We might still see below average temperatures, which we are forecast to see in the 8 to 14 day outlook. That's right. And it's it's an up and down thing. I don't at this point believe that this spring is going to end up like it did last spring where it was just wet and gloomy all the way into June. The first half of June. My current feeling is that it won't be that impactful. But yeah, this is the up and down we feel this time of the year. And so, like Adam's saying, we said back in our What the Hail segment, there's a nice big what's called ridge coming through. It's going to warm us up this weekend. Fingers crossed. It's coming. We're going to lock in soon enough in the coming weeks, and it'll be summer. Yes, it will be, and it will be glorious as everybody hopefully will be able to get out and enjoy the weather together. That's right. I think today was a good day. Not bad. Not bad. I I enjoyed the different format of the show today, trying to do a little bit of a, a draft. That's different. That was a good idea. You're welcome. Yeah, and you gotta keep you gotta keep it light here. <laughs> so we will see you next time as we try and be fifty-six percent right about the weather this week. This has been Past the Forecast Podcast from Wayne 15.